drops are falling on my head. Good morning, y'all. And just like the guy's feet are too big for I like our Marshall Tucker, Tucker intro, but I, I think you get a pass on this one. This was a request from Rosie. I, I, I'll give you all a pass today. Very appropriate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said I didn't like the way he got things done. He's sleeping on the job. And those raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling. But there's one thing. Woo! Sweet baby James. The blues this Gary just hardly gets any better than that, huh? It doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. I got up early this morning just to walk around in it. Oh, yeah. Because I forgot what it looked like. Oh, man. What a great way to start your Arizona weekend. Good morning, y'all. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. The cry is not for me. So, some guys are addicted to video games. Rosie's addicted to maps. To what? Maps. Oh, yeah. I got. I, I understand that. I got a map of everything. And if y'all want to have a little fun this morning, get to the internet machine and type in rainlog.org. And there are rain gauges located all across the state of Arizona. They're concentrated heavily in Phoenix and Tucson, but they're, they're located across the state. There is a rain gauge at the start of... Of the Arizona Trail, stage one, Wachuca leg, got Way one inch Ooh. of rain. <laughs> that's big in drought talk. Hey, baby, that's big in drought talk. Absolutely. Uh, the flip side of that is, you know, I, my rain gauge at home registered 100th of an inch. Which is... Measurable rain, correct? Yeah, well, as we learned from Royal Norman, who was with us last Saturday, you know, one one hundredth is a rain event. (laughs) (laughs) But we had one. Yeah, you have to be in Arizona to appreciate that. You know, it's so dry that it in the middle of the night last night, I woke up and I smelled rain and I jumped up and looked out and it hadn't hit yet. But it's just so dry, you could just smell it coming. Wow. And you just ran up to Pine. I did. For a couple I, days. Yeah, a sweet friend invited me to Whispering Pines area to stay in her cabin. And uh, I, the drive up was heartbreaking. I've, I've never seen the desert so horrible. It's bad. And then we did the Tonto Natural Bridge hike yeah. you know, down to the, the Natural Bridge. And the, the leaves along the path, the, it, they were crunchy. It was just so incredibly dry. And then when you got down under the bridge, usually it's dripping off the oh, top. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of pools of water. Dry as oh, a bone. There was a no. couple little pools down low, but nothing coming off the top. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Were, were the blackberries in the uh, fruit trees blooming by any chance? Or Not did you a notice? thing. It was, oh, it was, everything was so empty, dry, bare. Well, you cruise the state at rainlog.org and you can just see what fell where. And I just get so intrigued by this. And then as you find the rain gauge, as it's marked, like 0.95 inches down at Coronado National Memorial Monument, right on the southern tip of the Huachucas, that's the road that goes between Hereford, Sierra Vista, and over to 
Parker Canyon Lake. It goes right around that south end of the Huachucas, and the road comes within just a mile of the international I say. border. I mean, it's just right <laughs> I there. didn't know that you could get around there without you going just, into Mexico. <laughs> you just can't. And if you really want to see it, 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 there's a road down Copper Canyon right there. Take Copper Canyon due south, and it dead ends at a barbed wire fence. Which you know the, something about. The last time I was there, it was a three-strand barbed wire fence laying flat on the ground. My dogs didn't even know we were entering another country. Nor did you. <laughs> I, you know, I knew we were close to the international border, but I didn't know that a three-strand barbed wire fence bent, laying on the ground, bent over flat, <laughs> laying on the ground. You know what? I've, you know what? Dad's nickname is Romy. I've, I've nicknamed Dad Shirley. Shirley, Shirley, that's not the border. Have you noticed how he does that, Shirley? <laughs> Well, so when he starts his Shirley business, as I came back watch out. into America, I was greeted with some patrol officers that let me know that, in fact, was the international border. And something and, about calling your wife if you ever went over there again. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, But you tour the state and you watch these little rain gauge indicators. Tucson got a, a good amount of rain, a uh, quarter inch third of an inch you can click on either one of these and it gives you in great detail what that particular rain gauge has recorded and depending on how long they've been registered some of these rain gauges go back 10 years and you get you get to see all of their records and you get to compare you know what is it is normal or not year normal to year. Or, yeah. yeah that's cool i was so. hoping i would see more in the williams area <laughs> Our family camping trip is coming up, and where and the kids want to know where can we go and have a campfire? Well, right? yeah, how can you camp without a campfire? You can bring a battery powered lantern, right? <laughs> we so we may be over cooks, in New cook, Mexico. Cooks, yeah. right? I don't know. Have you heard? Is it any better over there? Well, the last time I looked, which was like two weeks ago, Greenlee County was the only thing that was still you could camp without a restriction. So per, Probably because a wall of fire burned it up. All uh, yeah, left that's a, a wall of fire got a big part of Greenlee County. So that's Clifton to Alpine. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pretty camping over there, but yeah. boy, you got a haul to get there. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why we're hoping <laughs> that the rain would have dumped something on Williams and they listed the Coconino fire. I wonder how much it takes them to lift that. I, I don't, don't know. It'd be an interesting conversation. That's, this this that's, map right here indicates that's everything. That's next week's topic yeah, on the radio. Yeah, okay. let's done this All right. hour. All right. Noted. This map here, Romy, if you're you're looking at it, uh, only shows traces I above know. the rim. Yeah, like they hardly got now, in. Now, I will say when I left Whitman and I was driving in, it lightened up at Waddell. And so maybe the storm was moving north and it just hasn't gotten that high oh, yet. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Anyway. Well, even though you can't get out in the forest, you can still go to the state parks. I just wanted to give a little plug for the Tonto Natural Bridge. Even though it's dry and everything, they have that beautiful lawn. You can still have a great picnic and walk down the and bottom. And that, that's a and park the Romeros have frequented for t over 20 years. It looks a lot different now. They've yeah, got that yeah. beautiful historic building in there. You can have events there and on the lawn. And, and still, down at the bridge at the bottom, it's still much cooler. And that little breeze gets going through that tunnel. Yeah, it, We sat down there like an hour and a half just cooling off. It was and that's nice. the brand new wooden walkway that they constructed, opened up on mm -hmm. Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. So Very nice. Yeah. And the old trail? Oh, Romy. <laughs> 
they still have hanging on the trail on the side. The in, from the old days when Dad and I when bring I all you guys. Y'all. I have a picture of me with Julia on my back, and we're going down the thing. And you're like hanging on the side of the wall. It's just these rickety old stairs. And I don't. It had a rail, but there was no solid piece to the rail. <laughs> and the thing is just now hanging off. <laughs> the cliff and I was showing my friend, hey, I used to take the kids down there. It's just, really? <laughs> so thanks to the state parks for getting that all cleaned up and letting so many more people enjoy it. There was all kinds of those little kids going down and older people. Now everybody can enjoy it. Yeah, they've put a lot into that park. It's it's completely transformed itself over the last five or six years, that's for sure, as many of the state parks have as well. We've got Dr. Sky going to be joining us here in the next few minutes in the next segment, and we've got a lot going on in the sky right now, and he's got a lot of events he's going to be coming on and sharing with us and talking to us about, so you've got to stay tuned for that. In the 8 o'clock hour, we've got Donna coming in. Water use it wisely. It is the time of year. We've got to make sure we're adjusting all of our irrigation. You've got to, you know, even though we've we received rain, which is earlier than normal. How about that? And, and a very day, small amount. On the day the monsoon season officially starts. <laughs> on the very day. It it's officially bound to starts. happen sooner or later, I guess. But, I mean, as much as that rain was wonderful, I what it... It's going to do much, for your yeah. landscape isn't Nothing. a whole lot. No. We're going into a hot summer season, and we've got to make sure our water timers are adjusted right, but we also don't want to be wasteful either. So we'll be talking about adjusting our landscape irrigation systems. Uh, Steve Preby will be with her as well, both master gardeners. So we'll take uh, questions and answers about uh, and your landscape and garden. Outdoor living section at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock hour, of course, is open lines. And I want to hear from you. We are beginning to hear from a lot of our super army of super coolers. Uh, super cooling is alive. It isn't what it used to be, but we've got some uh, information for those of you that are beginning to see horrendous energy bills. You didn't adjust your timers. You didn't adjust your clocks. You didn't adjust your energy management computer. Or and, choose your, your plan. Or that, didn't yeah. choose your plan, right? And you're being cremated. You're being massacrated. So we'll be sharing some information in the 9 o'clock hour, as well as take open line. Any question you've got about your house, home, castle, or cabin, any project you're trying to tackle, that 9 o'clock hour is made just for you. 10 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about, seems like, that part of the house that just preoccupies people way more than it ever should. When when I'm asked, how can I save money on my energy bill, everybody always wants to take me up in their attic. The attic isn't the place to start to save money. And we got some interesting, I made some, uh, would you call them derogatory remarks hmm. about Radiant Barrier? Well, yeah, they use. I, 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 I would call them emotional neutral but factual comments. <laughs> uh, okay, I can go there. <laughs> and uh, we did get some feedback from a couple people who feel like they did invest a radiant berry and did get a, a decent return on investment. But theirs was a very particular type. Everyone that wrote in that had a very particular type that was installed, and we'll cover that in the 10 o'clock hour because it, it, it uh, did does show some chance if you use a particular type, but it has to be installed when you build the house. It's not something you can put in later. So 10 o'clock hour, we'll be talking about attics and 
why you don't have to be scared of how hot your attic is because it doesn't make that big a difference. <laughs> I, and people argue that with me about this all the time. I love Nora. I'm right on this. <laughs> Pretty confident there, aren't you? All right. So y'all stay tuned. We've got Dr. Sky joining us. You're not going to believe everything that's going on in the sky. It has a lot more than just falling raindrops. Good morning, Arizona homeowners. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House. It's the fun hour. It's Arizona people, places, things, events. And sometimes we even leave Arizona. Sometimes we leave Arizona and go into the greater outer reaches of space with Dr. Sky. Good morning, Dr. Sky. Good morning, Rosie. Good morning, Romy. And good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Hi. Hey, so not only have we got some, like, clouds finally moving in on our great state of Arizona and giving us a little rain, uh, I know that kind of upsets you for visibility <laughs> purposes, yeah. but uh, above those clouds, you have a lot going on up there. Well, we sure do, Romy, and we kind of need this weather, as people know. I mean, this tropical storm bud, now a tropical depression. It's amazing, as they talk about in the almanac here, that the first day of monsoon season is the 15th, and what do we get? We get the water coming our way, but... You're right, Rosie. Above those clouds, there's so many cool things to talk about. And in the news right now, many people may not be aware of this, that the planet Mars is actually coming closest to the Earth than it has in about 15 years. And, well, why is that significant? Because if things go the way astronomers want, and we're keeping our fingers crossed, this apparition or opposition of Mars that happens late into July and August, Rosie, could be amazing. So we're going to be doing so many events here in the Valley and so many things. We're going to be calling these things Mars, Moon, and Meteor Madness as the meteor shower kicks in. But it's incredible because we talk about this, and we all know about as the monsoon season kicks in, we always talk about, Rosie, about monsoon dust storms right. here in Arizona. And right. According to the Weather Service, they say that a really deep and very strong monsoon brings us maybe eight to ten of these big haboob dust storms. And either you love them or you curse them, especially <laughs> if you have a nice, clean car. You know what that does. Yeah, right. But if you look at the planet Mars, they're trying to put a correlation here. These, these big dust storms that we have, obviously caused by the complete down, you know, the whole storm collapses, the thunderstorm, and all the cold air pushes down. And we're talking here maybe a 100 or 200 mile wide dust storm. But let's go back to Mars. Mars right now, something's happening on there. They're getting another one of what I hope, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, that it's not going to turn into a global dust storm. Here's some facts. What's happening, Rosie, is right now on Mars, one of the big, big telescope observatory ob objects, a satellite orbiting Mars called the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, it detected the beginnings of a dust storm. And guess what the size is now? Seven million square miles. It's the larger than the entire continent of North America on the planet Mars. And what happens when these dust storms kick up? They obviously can, can ruin some of the observations that the little craft on the ground, like Opportunity and the Curiosity, can do. But... It might obscure all the visibility of the features on Mars, and we're hoping it doesn't go global. It happens every time Mars gets close to the Earth. This particular dust storm event correlates with it, its proximity to Earth? Absolutely, and a lot of scientists are still scratching their head. This is probably one of the earliest that's ever observed. In 2007, there was a near-global dust storm on Mars. Now, put that in perspective, folks, as you're having your coffee and waking up. We obviously just talked about monsoon storms with big haboobs and big dust storms. They're pretty nasty here. 
But on a planet that's only about 4,200 miles in diameter, can you imagine if the weather forecast here on the Earth was like this? The continuance of a giant dust storm bigger than the United States and North America could envelop the entire planet. So this is why Mars is such an amazing planet. The why and how of these dust storms is just so amazing. So from the observation side, we're hoping that the entire, it's like Mars gets close to the Earth and strangely can put this mask over itself. So it obscures many of the surface details. But on the positive side, well, there's three spacecraft that are orbiting Mars right now that give us this imaging. It's one is the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, the other one's the Mars Odyssey and the MAVEN. So we have it pretty well figured out of what's happening from space up there above Mars, but it's growing as we're talking right now. Can they can they gauge the strength of the of the wind up on Mars? I mean, is- there's really no way to really calculate that, and here's why: because it's a complex series of things, and making it you know simple this morning and direct direct answer is that even though they have the spacecraft up there, they don't have too many you know, ground-positioned objects like spacecraft on the surface that can actually do some kind of surveillance. So what's happening is, no, they really don't have a way to determine how those winds will kick up. And sometimes those winds are literally of hurricane force. So Mars, very simply, folks, is a pretty, uh, pretty nasty place if you were to th- try to thrive on the surface. Obviously, the oxygen content is not there. It's a carbon dioxide-based uh, atmosphere. But we've seen this in the past where on the surface of Mars, only one feature was actually seen even when they had a global dust storm. And that's one of the largest volcanoes. Here we go again with how Mars is so unique. Can you imagine a volcano the size of the state of Arizona? That's right, folks. The size of Arizona, 75,000 feet tall. So all the spacecraft saw during one of these big dust storms was the top of this big volcano. So they don't really have any way of kind of detecting or forecasting Martian weather. That's that's something that young people out there may want to get a future degree in. Imagine that, Martian weather and the prediction of future weather events on Mars as we hopefully go there, as NASA's saying. Uh, you know, they're saying emphatically, the NASA chief scientist says people will go to Mars and thrive on Mars, and they're hoping, that is, uh, collectively, to do something with a manned exploration as early as, get a little wow. of this, maybe 20, 2040. Wow. A volcano... Mm-hmm. The size of the state of Arizona, mm-hmm. 75,000 feet tall. What's totally es- amazing. Escadilla is like 42. Or not yeah. Escadilla. No. Everest. Everest is 42,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. So Twice, Twice that. Twice that. <laughs> All right. More with Dr. Sky when we get back. Mars habitation by 2040. You got to stay tuned for that. sure this has to do something with space. I just Exploring I the what. Great Frontier. <laughs> what show it's from. That's a classic piece called Also, I always get this messed up, uh, Zath, uh, Zarathustra. It's a classical piece, but it's done by a jazz guy named Diodato. Talking Got this it. morning with Dr. Sky and everything that's going on in the great big sky above our cloud cover, uh, covering the state of Arizona today, talking about Mars in particular. Habitation by 2040. 
Two questions. Yes, sir. How long will the trip take, and do they accept American Express? <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer to the part two is probably not, because in those in the time that happens, I guess cryptocurrency might roll. Oh, yeah, we'll that's true, figure, yes. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. But, Rosie, <laughs> here comes the trip. Now, can you imagine if all of us, you, Romy, Jennifer, myself, and a few others, were in maybe the size of your studio or a little bit bigger down there at KTAR headquarters, and we would say, okay, we're going to go out into space, and we had food and provisions and places to sleep. About nine-month journey. Wow. So we better like each other or have at least some place to hide and have a little bit of privacy. But it's amazing because on the dark side of this whole thing, and not to alarm people this early, the problem <laughs> in space is, and we found this out from one of the Kelly brothers who spent about you know, over a year or so right. in space. Yeah. I can't say he's suffering with some medical issues, but I think he's going through some issues where your bones basically change structure. They're even looking at the possibility of your DNA having slow changes. Why? Because Whoa. of the intensity of cosmic radiation in space. So that's another thing. You better shield that baby as we're going to Mars. But about a nine-month trip on average. And then you have to remember, on the descent stage, think of it like the Apollo. Once we get in orbit like they did around the moon, this time Mars, we're going to go to the surface of the planet, and we're going to have to have ships there ahead of time sure. that are already pre-positioned so that if something happens with our primary spacecraft, we have to have backup food and supply. But going down to the surface, another one of those hellacious roller coaster rides or express elevators to hell to land there <laughs> because <you're, laughs> gravity is about 38% of the Earth. Now when we get there... You just don't step off and go, oh, wow, I'm on Mars because it's a carbon dioxide atmosphere. You better have a very good supply of oxygen. And now you need a habitation module. So this is all doable. I mean, many people, Rosie, say that we, we could have done this uh, even in the Nixon administration days. There were plans to build nuclear-powered rockets, and we could have done it. It's just wow. that there doesn't seem to be on the spreadsheet, you know, the finance, talk to the accountants about it. It's a massive effort that probably will be an international effort more than anything else. I don't think you'll see a race, a space race, like you have by, you know, nationalism in okay. like each individual country. But it should be an amazing journey. And out there, this is amazing. You know, folks, listen up. Maybe your child, and they say some child between the ages of what, maybe 7 to about 12 or so, you may be looking at the next candidate to be the – imagine that being the first person – to land on another true planet. That's wow. amazing. Wow. That would be an incredible ride, but I don't think I could do nine months. <laughs> I don't know but I did I read correctly? Yeah. Did I see somewhere that they've actually discovered organic material on the surface of Mars? This is true, Rosie. This is amazing. And that's people, that's really, really amazing. It is amazing. And many people think, well, there's a big difference, obviously, and not to go into all the technicals here. The Curiosity rover on Mars has been doing some exceptional research since 2012. And what it has, among many other instrument packages, and I'll make it real simple, is that it has a little oven, let's say, where if it drills a sample into the core of Mars, you know, goes down inches or maybe a foot or more, it pulls some of that material in and kind of bakes it in its own little oven. And out of that, through the gases and all the other scientific stuff that comes out of that, they've detected simply this, carbon, They've detected hydrogen and sulfur, and these are the building blocks of life, not life in itself, but they've detected these building blocks, which if you dig, you know, drill, baby, drill on the surface of Mars and keep going down into the surface, we hopefully will find either the remnants of life, because where they're digging, it's very interesting. They're digging in these ancient Martian, uh, you know, mud, dry lakes that are there, the Gale Crater, 
so this is, you know, scientists are pretty smart. They, and I'm amazed. And isn't that an amazing statement, Rosie, what I'm about to say here? Isn't it just simply amazing that you can get a spacecraft there and actually land it in a specific area when it's about, what, 50, 60, 100 million miles away? That's wow. incredible in itself. So they have detected the building blocks of life. And from the observation platforms like the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and the other eyes up there, the big satellites that orbit Mars, if you really go to those websites, folks, you're going to see so many amazing images. Mars is truly a planet that I believe very strongly, obviously, like many, had some sort of life there. Something catastrophic happened to the, uh, to, to the planet. And there's another thing that we should mention real briefly. There's a depression on Mars that's rather large. It's called Helos or Hellas. That area is actually below the so-called sea level surface if there were a sea. And this is one of the re areas where these dust storms seem to start off. So it's like a big bowl. And when the Martian meteorology and weather starts to kick up when it gets close to the sun, and the reason I mention that, maybe that is the remnant of a large object that struck Mars in the past and changed it from maybe a planet that had some sort of pre-life, or maybe it had other kind of life, but something changed dramatically. My guess from Dr. Skye's side of the equation, something may have hit it, and that big basin may be a remnant of a large object that hit Mars. Well, I tell you what, when I, I have this dream that when I cross the threshold into eternity, there's going to be a history channel there we can watch. <laughs> that would be, be awesome. We, you know, we may have to fast forward it, you know, but just to see. Yeah. How it all came about would be absolutely fantastic. Okay, so Mars, obviously mm -hmm. a major component, major story yes. in the sky right now. It is. Uh, you've got a couple events. So for the untrained eye, for the untrained astronomer, what would you have out there available in the next few weeks that they could join you and see the meteor shower, see Mars at its closest point in 15 years, maybe see the actual sure. – uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, southern polar cap of Mars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rosie, it all begins, as you know, you and your family give a thumbs up to our Dolly Steamboat Cruises, and I want to make mention, we're having the next one, Saturday, two weeks from today, June the 30th. We sail dockside at 6.30. And on that particular cruise, Rosie, weather permitting, and I think it should be good, we're going to be discussing all the big events. We'll have information about the moon, Mars, and our meteor madness events. They start in July, but the cruise, if you want to book it, simply this, just call 480 827-9144-480-827-9144. Tell them, of course, you want the Dr. Sky Cruise. We'll have a lot of fun on there. I know you and your family enjoy that cruise. That's a great cruise. Use. We'll be pointing out with some new lasers we have, actually, Whoa. some powerful ones to point out cool stuff. But answering your question in completeness, Mars, Moon, and Meteor Madness, we have an event. If you want to mark it down, folks, I'll be putting this all up on our blog. And I want to mention this from our regular Dr. Sky show, 3 a.m. on Saturdays, preceding you guys. We have uh, Dr. Sky's KTAR blog, so just go to the KTAR.com website, look up blogs, the Dr. Sky website, and here it is. We're beginning on the 27th of July. This is when Mars is closest to the Earth, and one of our good friends, the, the group, the family eye care folks of Glendale, we're going to have a special event there in Glendale, 7.30 p.m. on, that is, Friday, July the 27th. And that one, we're going to have the moon and Mars, because there's an absolutely amazing, beautiful full moon that night. And Mars and the moon will be literally buddies in the sky. They'll be together. And then we'll announce, hopefully, Rosie, maybe next month if we talk here on the air, the big event that we're looking to work on. We're trying to put all the details together up in Sedona, a long weekend for the moon, Mars, and the Meteor Madness event. Oh, wow. The big Perseid shower, just in case you miss us, 
is going to peak on the Sunday the 12th into, of course, the 13th. But we're trying to plan a very special weekend up there. And then we have our monthly event, always at the beautiful downtown Hobnobs Restaurant and Cafe, downtown at 149 West uh, McDowell. The next one is Friday evening. This is a family event. July the 6th, a beautiful place. Uh, we set the telescopes up there, and you can enjoy your favorite food and beverage uh, right outside. And we call it urban astronomy because we don't want to forget about folks that live in the inside or That's interior. Right. You know, even in the city lights, you can see a lot. And finally, if you look in the sky tonight as this hopeful storm system rolls over us and gives us a few more drops of rain, if you look in the west, folks, tonight, if it's clear after sunset, Venus and the moon are spectacular. Turn your head to the left and look to the southeast. There's Jupiter, still fascinating in a telescope or binoculars. About 20 degrees to the left of that, you find yourself looking at Saturn. That's the planet of the month of June. It comes to its best by about the end of the month. Telescope will show you the ring. And then, wow, Rosie, what we've been talking about since the beginning of the show in these segments, Mars you'll see in the southeast. It's unmistakably bright, brighter than any star in the sky except the sun, and you know, folks, if you've got a telescope, try it now, because you're right, Rosie, you talked about southern polar cap. The seasons changed on Mars just back in the uh, late part of May. And you know something? That's an amazing sight. See it while you can, because it gets closest to the Earth by about the 27th and the 31st of July. So there's always stuff there. Go to Dr. Sky's site here for our blog at ktar.com, and we'll get, to, we'll get more information up there about the big event coming up in Sedona that we're looking to do. Mars, Moon, and Meteor Madness. Big events all across the state here with Dr. Sky. Big events in 2040 with possible habitation of Mars by that. That's, that's in 22 years. Yes, it is. And the you know, Rosie, I was very conservative <laughs> on that. Some people are saying, well, leave it to people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos from uh, his organization, Blue Origin. You never know. Maybe somebody out there will actually do this uh, in the private side. And I'm kind of betting that that might happen as early as even 2035. So, wow, it's coming to a, to a location near you, uh, manned exploration of Mars. It's, it's a real thing. All right, Dr. Sky, you mentioned several events. Uh, real quick, where could the sure. folks go one more time to see the lineup of all your events? Oh, yes. Well, go, of course, to our blog. That's the KTAR.com website. Go to the Dr. Sky little blog there, and we'll have information posted there. But the Dolly Steamboat, Saturday, June the 30th, kicks it off. Make a reservation. We'll get together. And, Rosie, I want to thank you so much, you and your family, because so many people who come on that cruise, they tell us that they hear it here on your show. And, of course, more information we'll have up on our regular website, which is drsky.com, as we move into the latter part of June and July. Always great stuff in the skies. And what do I say? Always remember to keep your eyes to the sky. Dr. Sky, right here at Rosie on the House. I, usually our 7 o'clock guests, I thank him for getting up early, but he's already been He's up. going to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's time to sleep, guys. <laughs> hey, have a great day. Thanks All right, Dr. Sky, thanks a million. We really appreciate it. Boy, so you've got Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars all visible in the sky now off to the south. Absolutely fabulous viewing if you've – I mean – for the kids, I mean, if you got kids or grandkids, nieces, nephews, I mean, get a telescope, put their eyes on this stuff, and I, it opens a whole nother world. It's absolutely fantabulous. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, Rosie on the House staycation, and the winners now are in Greer. 
I, I think they're on their way home. Okay, so they've been to Greer and they're coming home, staying at the Lazy Trout cabins. We'll be talking with someone from Lazy Trout here in just a couple minutes and explaining how you can get in to win one of the 12 Rosie on the House, Sanderson Ford Staycations. We draw every single month. There's only one place in the world you can get it. We're going to be talking about that when we get back. Romy's got a little calendar of events. You've also posted on our website as well, things to do around the great state of Arizona. They find that on the front page. Events tab right at the bottom. Out and about this weekend, if you're heading south, the Sonora Festival is going on in Sierra Vista. Two weeks starts the Prescott Frontier Day Rodeo, world's oldest rodeo. And then we're getting ready to start the corn uh, trail. You can follow corn and get it fresh around the state, starting at low elevations to high elevations, all the way up to Snowflake for the next three months, two and a half, three months. So get your fill, huh? <laughs> absolutely. A lot of great local farmers, and there's uh, you know, a lot of them. You just bring your show up with baskets or crate, <laughs> back your pickup truck. Oh, I love it. Load up. Pine and Strawberry also having their festival this weekend. Really a beautiful weekend to be out and about, north or south. It's nice everywhere. Great opportunity to get out and see the great state of Arizona, get up on top of the rim, experience the summer at elevation. We've got the Crawfish Festival coming up in uh, Overguard here the last weekend of July. We'll keep you all posted on that. But right now, let's bring in our special guests, Nancy and Ted Deepstrotten, owners of the Lazy Trout Cabins in beautiful Greer, Arizona. Nancy and Ted, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what kind of morning have you all got up in Greer this morning? Sprinkling and in the 50s. Oh, baby. Makes guys jealous. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we have been prior guests of yours. My, me and my family have stayed in the Lazy Bear on more than one occasion. So, oh, okay. We, and that's where our guest is right now. Okay. The, the rose on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. So talk a little bit about the Lazy Trout history. It's not just one cabin. It's just not one facility. Y'all have the whole town of Greer pretty well tied up. (laughs) Not so much anymore. We have slowed down a little bit. But we moved here seven years ago and bought the Lazy Trout Market, which was then the 10 Star. Yes. And there were eight motel rooms with them. And we had three of our own cabins at the time, and we've expanded to nine cabins. And they all sleep from four to 11 guests. So we have plenty to choose from. And how would folks find you to uh, get a tour of each of the cabins to see which one might fit their needs the best? It's uh, lazytrout.com, and uh, all the uh, the cabins – shows the details of the cabin here's the kids ones i'm watching this picture scroll on your website it's got a little arcade and a pool table and a little game room most of them are pet friendly too (laughs) yes and they can always um, come into the lazy trout market and ask for tutter nancy sometimes we're in sometimes we're running around but you can usually catch us 
and bookings are available right on site? Yes, or they're available online at thelazytrout.com. You can click on any one of the nine different cabins. The availability calendar comes up. You pick and choose when your dates are available and run up there and spend a glorious weekend. Your your chances of getting a little rain shower here the next 45 days is pretty good on each one particular day, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it's finally coming to monsoon, maybe coming early this time, we hope. Hey. And, you know, it's not hot and muggy. It drops it to the 50s and 60s, and it's just beautiful, cool weather. Oh, well, Nancy and Ted, thanks a bunch for joining us. Thanks a bunch for being a part of the Sanderson Ford Arizona Highways Rosie on the House Arizona Staycation. You know how, who we have on the other line who's just called in? Our winner, our winner, and your guest, Domingo. So we're going to jump over to him, and he's going to tell us all about staying at the Lazy Trout. Thanks a million, Nancy and Ted. Thank you. Bye. All right. So Domingo's actually on the line right now? It is, Rosie. Hey, man. Uh, You having a nice time? What what car did you pick from Sanderson Ford to run up there in? Well, we ended up uh, bringing up the Flex. Okay. Which was uh, more than adequate. Uh, It was... Me and and the family, my wife, my uh, two teenage daughters, and uh, we're enjoying it up here. It's it's gorgeous. What what, what will you do on your staycation? Uh, just relax, read books, absorb the uh, uh, high altitude he, monsoons. He said two teenage daughters. They're not going. They're not even awake <laughs> until we're done on the at eleven. <laughs> my wife wants to go out and do the trails, so we're we're going to go out and see what uh, we can do around here and. Uh, and on the way up here, we were lucky enough to see a um, a mom and her calves of longhorn sheep. Oh, wow. Which uh, my kids had never seen, and they just thought it was uh, really cool to see that. And um, But we're really enjoying it up here. The, the lazy bear cabin is, is more than adequate. It's gorgeous. It, it is, isn't it? We've stayed there and before. The, yeah, and the people down at the at the market, they're just super nice people. Everyone's just treated us really well, and uh, we just can't thank you enough. All right, it's all right. Enough. It's, uh, it, it was. Wife wanted to come to Greer, and Rosie sent us here. All right, fantastic, Domingo. Thanks a million for ringing in. That's special. We always hear such nice comments from the folks that get the the win, the prize. You've heard from a lot of. Them. Yeah, it's really fun to get the little thank you notes, and we even get picture books every once in a while, just pictures, and they like to thank us for that's the, the whole trip. That's the Arizona Staycation, sponsored by Sanderson Ford, Rosie on the House. You go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com. It's the only place you can register for it. And we draw on the 15th, so we will have we have a winner for Ju- July's, which you're going to Williams in August. And then August drawing will be the, uh, I'm sorry, this will be for August coming up, uh, Bison Ranch up in Hebrew. That's Overgard. a fun place, too.